Lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet, their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From the Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lils and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network and wherever podcasts may be found. Smut. Nothing but smut all month long. Melanie Griffith as a hooker with a heart of gold. David Arquette wrestling. Ugh. Must cleanse my palate. Hey, Scott, do you need a lozenge? No. I gotta go down to Mission Hill. Cause it's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. <laughs> One, two, three, four. <laughs> Out of a building. Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. I love you. That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Rogers Bagel Basket. I am Scott Curlin. That voice was terrifying. It's Kevin French. It's Pennywise. I'm convinced it's Pennywise. No, Pennywise is more, Hiya, Georgie. Want a balloon? Circus put us down here. Dragged us all down here. We all float down here. Can I say how excited I am for that movie? Yes. And can, so many good trailers came out. And can I say how sorry I am? Um, I No, I, you cannot. You cannot apologize. So usually the way the podcast works is we do four episodes a month, once a week, and we do two movies and two TV shows, but the David Arquette Ready to Rumble Skype one took forever to Your edit. Your Skype one's just naturally take forever because you got to edit the audio a certain way right right but normally i can do it within you know a weekend and this took me two weeks to do well we've also been busy um yes but also i i gotta tease this now because i haven't been able to do the promo for this okay writer's bagel basket is participating in all the horror as part of invasion of the remakes all the horror month for october so i've been also skyping and i'm about to skype tonight all the horror it's september Uh, now so you know we're in that we're in spooky season yes so i will be skyping in tonight to fellowship of the geek just to tease that and thankfully i got the people behind this on ours which we recorded last week that doesn't air till october so i have plenty of time to edit that but Mm -hmm. also we work full-time jobs and life gets busy in the way (laughs) When you work a full-time job and you have to work a lot. We've done a lot a this lot. weekend, though. If yes. If I sound tired, it's because my body is literally broken. Yeah, we made the mistake of also going to the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, how, know how they say, oh, I need to exercise more? You don't. No, it's a lie. <laughs> um, but well, yeah. So. I just want to sit on the couch, eat potato skins, and watch The Dark Crystal. <laughs> yes. 
which we have been doing. Yeah, late at night. I haven't done that since I was in high school or college. Mm-hmm. Stay up that late. Can I just say? Because that's the only time this, we had to do anything. Yes, but also, can I just say, this series was what Game of Thrones promised but did not deliver. Is that why they got the entire cast of it's Game of Thrones? so fucking good. It is so good. I'm, I'm still losing my mind over how good this show is. So, I love the character design. I love the story. It's just so fucking good. I know we're here to talk about Mission Hill. No, I am. But you don't I've still got it on the brain. Oh, because, you know, it, it, you know, first of all, you grew up with this show. I did not. How many series or how many um, seasons did it have? One. One. Oh. I'll get into that once. Uh, well, you can you can get your your Anyways, lady so boner. Dark crystal. <laughs> your lady boner about the dark crystal. <laughs> well, I'm not let, the let me, only one. Oh no, I I loved it as soon as we started watching it. It's but I so I need to good. say that me being the nerd that I am, I went through the entire cast, and mm-hmm. there are three series like. Uh, well, we got, yeah, we got you Game got, of Thrones. You got Kingsman. Yeah. You've got Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, four. And Harry Potter. And what? Outlander. <laughs> Only one person from Outlander. Is well, in. still. I guess. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to look at it that way, then we also have Hairspray the Musical because you got Javi Feierstein. Yes. Oh, well, and Crazy from- Rich Asians because we have Aquavina. Yep. And Key and Peele because we have... Keegan Michael Key and Saturday Night Live because we have Bill Hader and Andy Samberg. Shmandy it's a Bandberg. great show, is what we're saying. And whatever you're doing, be it driving a car or operating heavy machinery, you should put that down and go watch. The no, Dark no, Crystal. no. They need to finish listening to this first. Oh, fine. Um, but yes, the Dark Crystal was amazing, and I am glad that uh, we watched the documentary afterwards. Yeah. About how they were originally going to do half CGI and half puppets. Oh, I'm so glad they didn't do I'm that. I'm glad they didn't do it that. It looked. It would have been a huge disappointment. It was 50% cool and 50% bleh. <laughs> Is that? Also, be grateful that I picked Mission Hill to do and not Greg the Bunny. I feel like that describes my taste in movies right there. 50% good and 50% bleh. <laughs> but yes, I could have gone with Greg the Bunny, which yes. Victor, uh, Victor Yurid, who plays Hup. I love Hup. He is I a, love Hup so much. He is also the voice and puppeteer for... <sighs> Tardy the Turtle on Greg the Bunny, which is a name that you cannot get away with today. And you can't get away with that character today. I told you what. Period. You're like, how did they get away with this? I'm like, uh, 9-11 just happened and the show. Yeah, that'll do it. Show came out in 2002, 2003 and they needed a laugh. Yeah, everybody needed a laugh. So yes, but that guy is amazing because he created the language for the podlings. No, 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 no. Another guy created the language. A guy wrote out the language. He didn't know what it sounded like. Right. And Victor Yerid created the actual dialect of what it actually sounds like. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Someone wasn't paying attention during the documentary. (laughs) Kevin French laughed. Goodbye. (laughs) Yes, but... Besides praising The Dark Crystal, which a movie that was directed by the guy who did Ed Norton's The Incredible Hulk and the Brothers Grimsby, shocking that it was good. 
he's fa- he's found his movie. I mean, it's like the guy who directed the Justin Bieber documentary, and then we get uh, Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, but he also did G.I. Joe Retaliation, too. Yeah, yeah. You but, just, hey, maybe this is the niche he was looking for. Well, Maybe this is his magnum opus. Hopefully the guys who did The Dark Crystal will get to do their um, Labyrinth? Labyrinth prequel. Yeah. or Is it a prequel or a sequel? I thought it was a sequel. Technically, Mirror Mask is a sequel, so let's pretend it's a prequel. Shh. Wouldn't you love to see like the early days of Jareth, Gareth, with... Uh, Jareth, Gareth? Jareth and Gareth. <laughs> the Goblin Kings. Um, with... with Tilda Swinton as a young David Bowie. I would pay good money to see Tilda Swinton play David Bowie. Has she not played David Bowie yet? I uh, thought she played him once. No, she was in a music video with him where they played a married couple. Oh. That music video is disturbing. I'm sure it is. But we have to put Dark Crystal aside. Why? Because we have to talk about what we're actually here Why? to t- <laughs> So I'm just kidding. Go on. So we watched Mission Hill, which was created by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. And we're in August month, right? This is August, yes. Yes, okay. You're the one who created the title. Well, you were like, what should I do for August? What should the theme be? And like, usually we kind of try to make month puns and yes, we kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel on that one. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Right, so, but you actually like this show. So but, is this a bad it's not episode. It's, it's not the bottom of the barrel. It's stuff that was pushed to August to die. Okay, and that's what happened with Mission Hill. So Mission Hill once again was created by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. I'm starting to regret the uh, aghast nope. title now. Nope, I love it. It's staying forever. Okay. So um, they left The Simpsons to create this show for the WB, and basically, it's about when they were in college. Kind of, and they were living in Boston. They were. This is Boston. Mission I Hill it was, was in Boston. Is it? So what they what they did is they combined. I'm disappointing a lot of people right now. I can they hear combined, the groans from they here. They combined Mission Hill in Boston, and then uh, Brooklyn and New York and uh, Chicago. Well, see, that's the thing. I thought it was New York. No, it's Boston. It's supposed to okay. be Boston. Do they ever come out? Well, I mean, they say it's Mission Hill, but like. No, they never say it's Massachusetts, but like, right? But his family lives in like Wakefield. Oh, so okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Because like they based a lot of the Simpsons stuff on stuff from Chelmsford. Yes. Okay. And not just Chelmsford in Massachusetts, but also acting in Acton and Concord, Mass. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. Mission Hill is about two brothers, Kevin and Andy French. The show premiered in September of 2002 and then didn't do well in the final, I guess, 13 episodes. Like, they they broke it in half. So the first six aired in 2001 and then the final seven were released in August of 2003. I can kind of understand that because the show... You showed this to me a long time ago. Right after The Critic. Right. And this, it didn't register to me as like particularly memorable. Um, it's a, it's, it's such an inside baseball show for like. It, it seems like they just made it, it was made by these people for those people. Like they didn't, they're just like, let's make this thing because we enjoy it. Which of. sometimes that works out well. And, you know we the viewing audience are in on the joke or you know we feel 
like this is something we can get on board with. I didn't I wasn't on board with this. This I is- didn't enjoy it. I I honestly that's the reason I'm kind of like talking about the Dark Crystal because there's not much I can say about this. Well, we haven't even gotten into the episode yet. No, I know, but uh, like I don't particularly enjoy the characters. So like, so you have the two brothers. Yes, but the, we we didn't even get to watch one that featured the best character, which is Andy French. And he is fantastic. He's played by Wallace Langham. And I thought thought you you were doing Andy French's voice in the beginning. That's Kevin French. Oh, my God. Kevin is the younger brother. Andy kind of just talks like my voice. Okay. Andy is played by Scott Mainville, who you would know because he was Robin on Teen Titans. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. I missed that show. Not the new one where they're like chibi versions of themselves. Still Scott Mainville. I like... The original. Still scary. Bring back the original Teen Titans. So they're two brothers who the parents decide in Kevin's senior year to just pick up and leave him with his brother in Mission Hill. And his... Is it because he's a little freak? He kind of is, yes. he He's going to grow up to be a serial killer. He is. We'll get into that. Why don't we get into the, uh, the episode, which is... Uh, Plan 9 from Mission Hill, or So I Married a Gay Alien. <laughs> I believe that's is the that the Is that the long I gotta, title? I believe it is, but let me double check. Well, uh, while you're checking... So, so why don't you give us the TV guide synopsis <laughs> of what TV this... Up- so um, what what's the kid's name again? Kevin. Kevin. So uh, Kevin, in his effort not to be a pervert, goes to a movie to watch a... <laughs> X-rated an X-rated movie, um, Not- and stumbles upon uh, Wally. Wally, I'm doing a terrible job in this. The full title is Plan Nine from Mission Hill, or yeah. I Married a Gay Man from Outer Space. Okay, so young pervert meets old uh, gay film projectionist. Film projectionist, and well, well who- Wally is their neighbor. Yes, yes. And he and his husband run a theater. Well, I, I don't know. Gus what runs his hus- the diner. He runs the theater. Oh, okay. That's so, that's pretty. That's pretty smart. Yes. But You're raking in money as people are going into the theater, and then when they come out and they're hungry. That's literally what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very smart. I like that business model. So what does Kevin find out? Um. Wally is actually that he, he really enjoys old film. But he directed. That yes, he finds out um, as he spends more time with Wally that not only does he enjoy old film, but he discovers that Wally directed an old sci-fi movie, which is the worst movie ever made. Yes, it's very like you said, Planet Nine from Outer Planet Space. Um, is it, was that the title of it? Planet Nine from Outer Space. Planet Nine from Outer Space. Oh, okay. Well, it's a planet, so. It's in space. But they didn't pl- think of that one over, no, did they? No, Plan 9 means it's it's a file on how to destroy Earth. A plan, like a blueprint. That's what it's about. Come back. Wait. <laughs> so, yes. You find out that Wally is actually this Ed Wood type. Yes. Where he actually started out. I love him, though. He's very delightful. He was the only... Him and his husband are the only thing I enjoy about this show. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're the best things. They're they're the best things. Him and, Them and Andy are amazing. Yeah. And also, I love... Although his husband, like, I like you know, I would 
I wouldn't picture them together because at first I was like, wait, is this the landowner who's like going to beat up Wally? No. Because <laughs> he's such a meathead. Well, okay, so they based Gus off of um, when they were working for The Simpsons, they had famous character actor Lawrence Tierney, who was in Reservoir Dogs, uh-huh. on the show, and he looks exactly like that guy. And he was such a fucking asshole to them they're like why don't we make him a lovable gay man and they just made him into a cartoon character (laughs) so that's what you do when you become famous petty vengeance well i wouldn't say it's vengeance they turned him into a very delightful character yes but lawrence tierney is like a man's man like oh okay so he would be offended yeah but he was dead by then so it really doesn't (laughs) matter um yeah well they based the character design on wally and gus on uh Lawrence Tierney slash Roderick Crawford for Gus, uh-huh. just a bald Batman, and David Niven, who was the original choice to play James Bond, who really? was an old, you know, old kindly British man. That's what they based uh, Cly- uh, Colin Firth, Clive Owen, Colin Firth and Kingsman off of is David Niven. Okay. So, so just these two men. And then you find out that their sexual fantasy yeah, and is we're like, th- are how did these, these two. two find each other? How did they, you know, how did their heart to these two lost hearts become one? And then we find out. And it's so sweet. But for 2000, like this was way above its time because this came out in 2002. Right. Which means it had to be approved in 2001 by the, by the station. Yeah. So for that to happen, that is incredible. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable for that time. Also, do you remember anything from Mission Hill besides this episode? That No, I literally remember nothing. How many episodes did we watch at first? Like two? We watched the first four. Oh, okay. See, I don't remember anything. But uh, So the way they introduce Gus is he walks into the convenience store that Kevin is helping his friend run. Uh Uh-huh. And he goes, I would like to buy a pack of condoms. Don't laugh. They're for gay sex. And then he leaps. And that's how they... What an introduction. And, but that, that's kind of Gus in a, in a nutshell. He's very blunt. He's very brash and to the point. Yeah. And, and I can see why Like he does really compliment... Uh, Wally. Wally. And yeah. They are very, very cute together. Well, they're both famous voice actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gus is Nick Jameson, who is from The Critic. He played Vlada. Ah, Mr. Sherman. Yes. And okay. Wally is SpongeBob SquarePants. What? That's Tom Kenny. You could have led with that. Why? I don't know these voice actors, you know, it's like off the top Barry of my head. the lead. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Because... Because Wally's voice is actually SpongeBob's dad. Oh, SpongeBob's dad. No, he's also SpongeBob. Oh. Tom Kenny is most of the voices on on SpongeBob except for Plankton, Mr. Krabs. Is he still alive? Tom Kenny's still alive. Okay. Tom I Kenny's just, only like No, I feel 49. like there was someone on SpongeBob. The who guy died. who created SpongeBob died okay, of right. Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, um so, so, so yeah, that way like I said, way to bury the lead there. But like these two are the best things in any episode. There's an episode where where Andy gets in. So why didn't they make a show about just these guys? I don't give a shit about those other kids. <laughs> oh, okay. You pitched to a cartoon network. Hey, or uh, to WB. 
hey, we want to do a show about two gay men. I will. Goodbye. Now that's possible, but back then, no, absolutely not. Right, of course. But but their love story is the sweetest thing on the face of the earth. Well, let's let's get to it. So so uh, what's his name? The kid. Kevin. Again, so unmemorable. <laughs> well, so yeah, I love. Aside th- from the fact that, I, like, I, I'm so. W- anyway, you go on. I'm stumbling here. Yeah. Once again, another great inside baseball thing is the fact the X rating, uh-huh. which back in the 70s and late 60s. An X rating just meant a movie that was too... Like su- maybe a woman like showed her collarbone, right? <laughs> no. How old do you think movies... No. X ratings were like for Clockwork Orange and, oh, yes, that's and right. Midnight Cowboy. That. Yeah. And like, I mean, the sting was PG, but movies like... Movies that really like push the boundaries. Well, they were, they were more sophisticated. Like they were more classy, but they were about a subject that people wouldn't think is appropriate taboo yeah like taboo midnight cowboy word you're looking for i mean before it got changed to a g 2001 a space odyssey was so long and and you know confusing that it almost got an x rating i haven't seen that movie so i don't know if it it, should it have a g rating well it's three hours long and it's all about space and nothing really bad happens oh okay that makes just a robot who kills people all righty using science um so kevin is uh going past a movie theater hoping (laughs) against hope that he will stumble upon uh as he puts it a smutty movie yes is the filth going to start uh yes i'd like a bucket of cop porn Uh, no i never mind just some good in panties wait wally Oh, God, my next-door neighbor. Please don't tell. I came in here by mistake. I didn't know. Oh, my life is over. All because I wanted to see... Midnight Cowboy, the Academy Award winner for Best Picture of 1970? Uh, Yes. I mean, no. I mean, how could a porno movie win an Oscar? Porno movie? Oh, back in the 60s, they gave the X to serious films meant for adults. Hmm. Most of them wouldn't rate a PG-13 these days. Because he's just like, smut, smut, nothing but smut. Yeah, yeah. He's totally he's, like, you know, he's straightening his tie and, you know, no, I'm I'm going to walk right past. And with then he's Stogie, like, their dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. As we said, Kevin, I'm getting very like, I'm getting very like Ted Bundy. Well, his friend. Uh, Leonard Lake, Charles <laughs> Ng vibes from him. <laughs> His friend Toby is even worse. Don't look that up. Don't look that up if you want to sleep tonight. <laughs> no, just listen to the last podcast on the left about Charles Zang. Or don't if you want to sleep tonight. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, but his friend Toby is more of a serial killer than he is. He lives with his mother. <laughs> I'm my mother's angel. Oh, okay. And his mother dresses him up in clothes. Oh, like uh, okay. I thought you meant like outfits, like sailor suits. Yes. And, oh, okay. Still, still not great. <laughs> so yeah. him and Kevin are going to, you know, roam the streets looking for prostitutes to kill. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. That's how they should have ended the series. This is the series finale. This episode was the series finale, but they should have ended the series with him becoming Ted Bundy. Uh, what ladies just love me get in the trunk 
yet they just have uh, the two guys from uh, Mind Hunter show up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're looking for Kevin French. Oh, that would that would be actually. Well, I was gonna say um, Agent Ford and Agent Tench. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's his name? Kind of looks like Tench. There, uh, Wally's husband. No, he has hair. Gus does not. A little bit. Gus looks more like Brian Posehn's character. Okay, who's been testing their nuclear weapons on Pluto again? Oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah. But Th- those are the... Another good show we could talk about besides this one. We'll get to Mindhunter eventually <laughs> when I want to sleep. Oh, I got a little fun fact for you that I found out today about Ed Kemper. Okay. Do you know he narrated over 80 audiobooks in the 70s and 80s? I think they kind of hinted at that, right? Yeah, because they were showing him in prison, and he was, you know, speaking. He was doing audio work. This episode of Writer's Bicycle Basket is no! brought to you by Audible. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you want to listen to Ed Kemper? Oh, jeez. He read. He read the Star Wars book. No. <laughs> yeah, and some other good no! ones too. <laughs> and let me guess, uh, that all got buried under the Son of Samla. I don't know. Although I don't know if that would fall under the Son of Samla. I don't know. But either way, I don't. I really don't want to hear Ed Kemper read a book. <laughs> so then Darth Vader said to Obi Wan Kenobi, "I have the high ground." Wrong, Star Wars. I know. Wars. I just wanted to say I have the high ground. <laughs> Back to the episode. So yep. So Kevin sneaks in or buys a ticket sneaks in yeah sneaks into the other movie and bumps into wally and he's like where pray tell are the boobs yeah he's like that's john voight (laughs) and uh it's like that family that uh came into uh uh that movie we were seeing oh theory of everything yeah they they um they they snuck in thinking it was penguins of madagascar yep and it turned out to be they they went a to the wrong movie about pe- cheating and the secrets of the universe. Yeah, it was funny because I just hear the little girl behind me going like, "Where are the penguins?" Spoiler alert: Their marriage was a black hole all along. So yeah, um, Wally explains to Kevin that X does not mean it's smutty; it just means it's a classic film. And then they go. It in- was made by an auteur. And then you find out that his theater is not a porno theater. It is an art house theater. And then now I know this is where the point the point where I understood why you picked this. Because this is Cinema Paradiso. One of your favorite films. Yeah. This is Cinema of. Paradiso meets um Ed Wood. Ed Wood meets America's Most Wanted because of Kevin. Um have you seen this boy yeah he's got blue hair i'm just gonna continue to make that joke well because he will kill someone someday it's been hinted at like in one episode i think it's the second episode his him and andy fall for the same girl but the girl ends up sleeping with andy and he thinks he's in a relationship with this girl because they touched elbows at a movie so uh, he's going to grow up to be uh, John Wayne Gacy. He's got that clown costume in the trunk. <laughs> no, like I said, I, I'm picturing more of a um, uh, 
uh, Bates vibe. Oh, Norman Bates. Yeah, Norman Bates. Thank you. Well, so you find out that um, Ke- Kevin gets really into films. He starts renting like 2001 A Space Odyssey and then him and yeah, Wally he finds watch his passion. all these Preston Sturges movies mm-hmm. and then they, he finds out that The Man from Pluto directed by Walter L. Ford which Wally's real name is Walter Langford mm-hmm. which is a play on John Ford if you know your movie history. We don't. <laughs> Just me? Or should I say I don't? So they were implying that not only is he Edward, but he could have he could have he had the potential of being John Ford, which means your grandparents would have loved him because John Ford directed all of those John Wayne movies. Ah, uh, yes. Had to get it so you would know what I'm talking about. Yep. But yes, Wally made the worst Isn't movie. It's exhausting explaining these things to me. No, I actually love seeing your face. Your eyes glaze over, just like Stella's eyes are glazing over right now as she tries to fight not falling asleep. Or we're both tired. I've taken, like, how many naps today? I don't know. (laughs) So, yeah, um, Wally's like, get out. (laughs) Fuck you. Get out of my house. My art house. My cinema house. And He's like, oh, no, my my secret. And the, the poster, the picture is the poster, which has Gus on it. Right. And and they're like, oh, my God, you're the man from Pluto. Well, no, Andy laughs and then says, hey, Gus, this guy looks like you. And he goes, that guy doesn't look like me. That guy is me. I was in Wally's movie back in the 60s. <laughs> Gasp. And I love and then they tell the story that he was originally going to make this like day the earth stood still like pr- like movie that is. Right. Not- he actually was. um he was working for a very reputable studio. He was working for Paramount. Right. Like, and like he was seemed to be on the right track, doing well. And then, listen, this is where things kind of get off the rails for me. Listen, people do crazy things for love. But, <sighs> listen. <laughs> Go on, finish it, that no, sentence. It's like, it's a, it is a wonderful, very sweet love story. But in the movie business, you know... He destroyed his career for love. He did, and, like... It's sweet and sad. Right, but, like, he, Well, okay, so you have the two actors who were originally supposed to be in the movie. Right. Paul McNewman, which is Paul Newman, who's my favorite actor of all time, Mm -hmm. and Charlton Hestopoulos. And he's like, those names are terrible. Don't worry, we'll change them later. (laughs) And... That I, was a good joke. I love. It was one of the few chuckles I got out of this episode. I loved when Paul McNewman was like, "For casting change, the visitor from space will be played by the star of tomorrow. Give a hand to Mr. Gus Dunch." Hiya. Oh come on! Whatever that guy did to get that part, I can do better. See ya. <laughs> but that, well, I mean, to a certain extent, that is what happened. He fell in love. And made his husband-to-be the star. Now, it was very clear that, uh, like, they were deeply in love by the, at this point. So, I, I don't... Are, are they hinting that he made this movie to just spend more time with him in the hopes that they'll fall in love? Yeah, that's because, exactly what they were but, saying. But it seems like they were already in love. Like, it was well-established that they were in love already. That's what I don't get, because all... Wally had to do is make him the lead gaffer 
doing the electrical on the film and like they still could have been together. Yeah, like you can still make a good movie and still keep around the love of your life and not have a terrible actor. I'm sorry, but his husband was a terrible Pluto, actor. a planet did that did not not know nothing for nobody. <laughs> like that's how he talks. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> One more time. Uh, Pluto, a planet that did, did not, not, nothing for nobody. (laughs) He says that. (laughs) He does. Oh, but it sounds so much more funny coming out of your mouth. (laughs) Thank you. No, but I just mean like, I didn't really like this. This show wasn't so funny to me. It, you know, I'm like sorry said, it's not the Dark Crystal. No, I'm sorry like, it's not Carnival Row. You should be, no. First of all, I do not like Carnival Row. I put it on as background while I was drawing tattoos. I, I'm sorry, pixie prostitutes just don't you know do it for they me. Don't do it for you. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be like carried in the air as you orgasm. <laughs> well, it was weird because I walked in and you were watching it, and I just see the guy sleeping with the pixie. And they're flying in the air, and I just walk out of the air. I'm like, nope. (laughs) No, I was curious about it, but it was a fleeting curiosity. It's just like, well, what is this? And then I figured out what it was. Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne. Yeah. Um, But I like this show. This show is great. But I think I this know, is but there's just so many like very highbrow jokes and not like I can't enjoy a highbrow joke. <laughs> well, there's but like they get so into like Well, there's one Yeah, there's one joke that history. you really didn't get. So, there's a yes. character in this who's named the Beardo, but he's based on Harry Knowles, the guy who created Ain't It Cool News. And Harry Knowles is a very sweet, loving film critic, but he is a large man who is in a rascal scooter. Oh, that's who that is. I totally get it now. No, you don't. It's all made clear. So that was such an inside baseball thing, but also I think it was a dig at him too. Why are you calling it a baseball thing? Oh, you don't know the the term? I hate saying it like this. It makes me sound like a mansplaining, but... Inside, you are, but keep going. <laughs> inside baseball. I'm just kidding. You're not because I don't. I genuinely don't know what this is. The term inside baseball means that it's just like so in this community. Like exactly. You mean like this whole show? Which is why it did so much better on Adult Swim than it did in its first go around. Adult. I like Adult Swim. Yeah, but Adult Swim was the one that gave this show an audience. Oh, okay. Well. So. Yeah, that's. But all of these jokes are for like movie geeks and anime nerds, and I'm an anime nerd. No, I'm talking about hardcore surprise men living in their mother's basement. Oh, but you're neither of those things. <laughs> yes, but I was 15 when I saw this, and I was really into film history. Yes. Like, yes. I saw this this episode the same time that I really got into the movie at This Wood. was a show by Scots and for Scots. Well, once again, Josh Weinstein. Like, yeah. Second time that, that he's been brought up and aghast. <laughs> you, you, uh, you may very well have a long-lost brother out there. Have you talked to your parents? <laughs> well, considering he's around the age of my parents. Ah, <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> But 
his sense of humor and like him and Bill Oakley just wrote the jokes that really resonate with me that I get that are funny. Like, right. Like, uh, there's an episode of the Simpsons where they had to create a new character and one of the guys auditioning for the character goes, Jesus, what were you guys on when you wrote this? And one of the writers just goes, we were eating rotisserie chicken and watching anime. And like that joke just got me. I don't know why it's so funny. <laughs> They're just saying that no writers aren't weird hippie drug that addicts. That makes so much sense. What anime per se? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Probably what's that one you like? Uh, Rockstar Evangelion. Oh no, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm gonna call I it. I don't like it per se. It's it's very. But also the design of these characters... It's very dark. The design of these characters were supposed to be more like American anime style. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, well, Neon Genesis is not American. Anime. No, I'm talking about Mission Hill. The, oh, okay. The characters yes. were supposed to be... Yeah. Like, they're supposed to be crude. Yeah, and I don't like the design. I love I the design. I hate the design. I hate the color palette. I love you, but I just do not like this show. Well, I also loved how honest Gus was because he was so humiliated when he saw the movie and he goes, Wally, I love you, but I'm going to spend the next couple of hours being really angry and getting uh, pissed drunk. Uh, I ain't going in just yet. I need some time alone to think. Look, just so you know, when I come home, I'm going to be very drunk and very dirty. Excuse me, fellas. And I like that he told him that. It's good to give a warning. <laughs> and he was so angry and drunk that he didn't want to go home and he right, passed he out. Had like a, they had so, so um, Kevin arranges like a uh, screening for the entire neighborhood and, and encourages people to come because he genuinely wants people to enjoy like Well, that's the, the joke that, he, that I loved because he's calling up the, these newspapers. They do the rule of threes. He calls up. Um, basically the hipster village voice newspaper. Right. And then he calls up like a bunch of, you know, uh, like, um, uh, like local little, news. Well, not local news, but like, like the foreign, uh, people, <laughs> the, the foreign papers in town. So like the Spanish newspaper and the, you know, uh, Korean newspaper. And then they, the third joke is they call what you think is going to be the Chinatown newspaper and a guy comes delivering Chinese food. That's the joke that I thought was... Bum, bum. I thought that was funny. Like, the rule of threes. Uh-huh. So I, funny. Thank you. Um, but it, it really becomes... it's It starts to turn into, like, almost like The Room. Or, um... Uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Well, yes, but I mean in the sense that they have a screening... And the director, well, I mean, he knows, he's, unlike uh, Tommy Wiseau, he knows what's about to hit him, and he's yes. not on board. But yes. everyone else, like, of course, they start laughing, and they start chuckling, and, you know, it and does not Gus. turn, yeah. Gus is like, yeah. Well, because he sees what nobody else sees, which is, this is a love letter to his husband. And it's very sweet. But it's also, like, kind of the downfall of his career and you know i i mean everything worked out he has a great life and it's wonderful but nevertheless well so it's like it's the reason i keep very few of my paintings in my house because in your house 
you know what I mean. It, wherever <laughs> I live. Apparently I don't. No, no. Like literally, like when my parents wanted my paintings, I would be like, okay, but keep them in your room. <laughs> so. Because I don't want to like walk by and notice like an imperfection. It's It's just very hard to like deal with, you know wanting to recreate something that you've already put out into the world well these podcasts are the only thing that i've ever done that i can actually like tolerate to listen to i i can't read any of my reviews when i write reviews i can't really watch my movies like you've watched movies that i made in front of me and i'm like they're just cringing and i just i can't i know but i love them but i don't like it so i get it (laughs) yeah but um no, yeah, I know. Well, it's it's just, it's sometimes there's things like inside of you that you just have to put out into the universe hoping for the best. But he had the and right thing that he wanted to put out into the universe and he just screw it up all for just a piece of tail. <laughs> that, you're not far, you, you're not missing the mark as well, far as that goes because he did have it all. He had the fame, he had the fortune, he had all the right actors and I mean, like you said, he could have had, um, I mean. Paul Newman and Charlton Heston. No, his husband there, whose name I keep forgetting. Gus. Gus, thank you. Gus, he could have had him be like, like you said, lead gaffer. He could have had him like do what he was comfortable with because he did not look comfortable. Well, they had to put a light bulb in his chest for when the thing was going off. So he knew he was angry. Yeah. Your light bulb's on. What? Like a mm. sci-fi fester. Oh, and I love they they like really drove home the fact that they were shooting this gorilla style because they they literally animated a woman walking into frame, not realizing she's in the movie, and she looks at the camera and then just walks right out. Yep. Oh. And I love how like everyone loved what like a trashy film this was that they extended it for two extra weeks mm-hmm. at the movie theater. And Wally is humiliated, but also you put in your own money to this, so you're probably being the one who's like getting all the money from the screening. That is true. Yeah, it was independently produced, so he's collecting all the royalties. So- but they have to the way they find it is so like they have to go to a random, like very hoity-toity like it's a it's a back door no it's a porno rental house oh okay never mind it's a this is where like i stopped kind of paying attention well andy andy's like well i know who would know about this so he brings kevin to a porno rental house and he's like great place to bring your younger brother he's like this is where the the beardo lives also don't bring your like you know, 17. your soon-to-be serial killer brother to a porno house. That's a recipe for disaster. It's not a porno house. It's a porno rental house. <laughs> you don't want to give him ideas. Well, I love how Andy's like, I, I don't visit this place. And they're like, you have three videos out. <laughs> um, but yeah, once again, this is just proof that the Beardo had no idea what was going on. Because he's like, oh, of course, the man from Pluto, the classic film. And then he sees it and he's like, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I wonder if, well, I know this is what happened in real life, but um, the movie that we watched where that's the room tells the story. Oh, the disaster artist. Thank you. The disaster artist. It gets very disaster artist where 
Well, you know, they they um, Kevin has to bring Wally back into the screening and say, look, look at how much joy your movie is bringing to people. Which well, is. he doesn't have to because Wally is the one running the projector. Yes, I understand. But I'm saying that like he has to like have him face what he's so afraid of, which is people laughing at him. Yeah. And he said, this is your Valentine to your husband. And right. Like, and like this means something different to you. But it is genuinely bringing these people joy. Yes, and then he comes to terms and he loves the movie and he comes home and you called this right away. What is going on when he comes home? Gus is... Gus is in his uh, Pluto suit. Yep. Yes. He's going to go into deep space. (laughs) Oh, God. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, so... um, so many famous. I say pe- that with love. <laughs> so many because fam- I I genuinely do think their relationship is like one of the sweetest things. So so many famous people lent their voices before they were really famous. Like <clears throat> the voice of uh, Andy's girlfriend Gwen is played by Jane Wheedlin, who is in the Go Go's. Is she? She's the blonde chick, right? Who is sitting next to him? Like maybe there's drugs in the popcorn. Oh well, you're thinking the of chick that they live with Harmony. That's Vicki Lewis. Okay. From, what does she do? She was in news radio on the TV show News Radio. No, 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 no. I'm talking about as a character. Oh, she's she just, just a hippie. Oh. She's just a hippie. Yeah, see, these characters are not memorable. Well, another Not at all. So Jane Wheedlin from the Go Go's, she was also in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure where she played Joan of Arc. Uh, okay. But yeah, she she was on this Brian Posehn who is a comedian who is... Yes, I've heard of Brian Pussain. Yeah, well, he's their friend mm-hmm. who lives with them. I think his name is also Brian. Um, but yeah, like, so many really good, talented people do voice like voice roles on this. Um, oh, God damn, I remember the thing that really creeped me out the most. When Wally is telling his story, mm-hmm. who is behind the tool shed listening in like a creep? I don't know. Kevin is behind the tool shed. Oh, he is? Just listening in. Okay. It is so fucking creepy. It He's is like. It's just creepy, period. Y- Kevin. He's going to murder someone. <laughs> ah, smut. The world is filth, and I will cleanse it. <laughs> That's definitely the vibe I'm getting. Oh, man. He's going to be like Dennis Raider. He's going to become the BTK killer. Mm yeah well, btk didn't get caught until 2005 three yep. <laughs> three years after the show was canceled yes so kevin french is really the btk <laughs> you heard it here first buying torture kill that's definitely the vibe i was getting like he's repressing like all these deep desires and they're coming out in very fucked up ways <laughs> I think this show's He's going to go back to that like that like porno movie store and he's going to look for the uh the German slasher films or whatever they're called. Like a snuff film? Thank you, snuff film. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um no, but German slasher films. <laughs> snuff films. Hey, I like know movies. <laughs> oh my god, are they going to kill that girl? Shh. I'm trying to watch the movie. Yeah, but Kevin and Andy are just 
I like their relationship as brothers. I mean... I don't know. I didn't really see enough of their relationship as brothers in this. Eh. Well, there, the episode that was uh, before this, Andy uh, got a gift of these uh, Japanese, like, male short, short pants that are business pants. And... Aha. Uh-huh. Like, this, this, ep- this but series... But what does that have to do with... It has Go to do... Go on. Hold you on, mentioned Japanese on. short, short pants. But, like... He he's wearing them when he's coming to the aid of his brother. Mm-hmm. Like their relationship, they rag on each other, but it's very sweet. But Gus in that episode is amazing because the whole episode, and this is why the show is kind of dated, but also you know, kind of also addresses homophobia because mm-hmm. the whole episode, everyone's like, "Oh, those pants are really gay." And every time someone says that, Gus just goes, it's not gay. That's an insult to me. And like, Gus is the best character. Gus and Wally are just so good. Well, pray tell, why didn't we get a show about just the two of them? Because too much of a good thing can go bad. Like This is true. Like, their one-liners are really funny. Like, I think the one that I always quoted the most was, Stop your fussing. Oh, I'll fuss so much. I'll show you so much fussing. I said I would wash my dishes enough. Like, <laughs> like the way they fight is just so sweet, but they love each other. Um, I love how you say, but they love each other. Because they argue a lot, but... Yeah. I mean, Kevin thought that he broke up their relationship. Mm. So, yeah, we're at the end of the relation... Uh, we're at the end of the relationship. Wow. <laughs> We're at the end of the episode about their relationship. Uh-huh. The love aspect of it all. <laughs> the episode about the love. Never mind. How many bagels, goddammit? <laughs> um, honestly, I can only give bagels for uh, Gus and... Uh, Wally. Wally. And I'm gonna get... But, you know... On the one hand, like he did create craft this like master love letter to his husband and it's very sweet and it's the foundation for their relationship. But he his career did take a swan dive because he made a series of really bad decisions <laughs> during the course of it. Um, and other than that, I didn't find these characters particularly memorable. I gotta be honest, I didn't enjoy the show. I won't plan on watching it. My eyes kind of glazed over at a lot of points. It made jokes that I just did not understand, and I know I'm breaking your heart as I'm doing this. It's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. Uh, yes, but see, this, again, this is a show made for you. Well, People who understand those deep cuts. Give it your two bagels so I can go and give I'm it I'm giving eight. it three bagels. Thank you. And I'm giving it eight. Three. I understand. A one, a two, a three. I understand that it's not the most accessible film. I mean, TV oh, show. Oh, 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 accessible. Is That's that why true? I'm giving it to eat. Oh, I'm sorry. Us plebs. We only crave the chariot races and the bear baiting. <laughs> yeah, you. Things en- that we understand. Yeah, you go enjoy your Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> but yes, I'm giving it eight bagels out of a uh, dozen, out of 13. Mm-hmm. Baker's dozen. 
I mean, yeah, I, I see where the faults are, and but I still love this show. And this episode, to me, is the sweetest one. And I think it's their best episode. It probably is, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go watch the other episodes. Okay. <laughs> well, we're starting. We're back in September now. So that means we're back in not your average Saturday morning. So we got a lot of great stuff planned for this month. Mm-hmm. We got some California Dreams. We got some Saved by the Bell again. Have you ever like gone over like the titles of every month? Um, probably at the so, beginning of the month. So, well, see, we got Not Your Average Saturday Morning to look forward to. Was it '90s November? Well, it's Shocktober. Shocktober, yes, '90s November. Then we move on into award season. Award season, which is December and January, and that's. Mm-hmm. It That's, used to be Snubble Up a Dub Dub and um <clears throat> and this was nominated, but now it's Snubs and Shrugs. Yes. And then isn't it romantic? I like it. Very concise. <laughs> isn't it romantic? And you, and you call movies, this romance? Or, uh, yeah, that's uh award season is where you do just movies, right? No, because Christmas is in there I do I, I wedge in at least two Christmas episodes. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Okay. Then you have Garden Variety in April, which is, you know, whatever. (laughs) It's, you know. Mostly because we couldn't come up with something for April. Animation, then my birthday month, and then Stars and Grapes, and then August. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And here we are. Well, thank you for filling in. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Sorry I had to make you watch something you did not like. It's okay. It wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) No, I watch plenty of things that I like. It's just this one in particular just didn't resonate with me. All right. (laughs) Okay. Really? We're going to end on that note? (laughs) Well, I don't know what to say. (laughs) I feel bad making people watch stuff that they hate. Like, Oh, no. Sometimes you (laughs) enjoy it. (laughs) Well... The milk money one, I I enjoyed that because I hated it, but like, you know, <clears throat> David was the one who picked. Which, that by one. the way, ever since that episode, we you've been um, humming like "Hooker with a heart of gold." I can't get it all out of my head. hours of the day. I can't. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> and I've been creating better lyrics too. Yes, yes, you have. I can't think of them right now. <laughs> and you've got me doing it too now. One of these days at work, like I'm going to go into a meeting. Hooker with a heart of gold. <laughs> Haley. Hooker with a heart of gold. Haley, we're in a meeting. <laughs> She's a hooker. He's a boy. One of these days he's going to get a sex toy. <laughs> hooker with a heart of gold. <laughs> his dad needs one really bad because his mom died and he's really sad. <laughs> That's why he settles for a prostitute hooker with a heart of gold. Do do do. That's I like, how. I like that you rhymed prostitute with do do do. So yeah, this has been Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Haley. Bye.
Hey everybody, this is Kelly Reynolds and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non-romance readers. From the sweet, loving, fairy tale romances of the Highlands. Who cares uh, about up against the wall by the fruit trees? <laughs> yes. Like, where's the dragon? Inside the belly of a dragon. To the naughty erotic threesomes with navy seals. Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. Good. Really. We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases. country they are posing as movies you already know they may be in your theaters your neighbor's home or even your own why are you doing that voice i don't know (laughs) i thought it made me sound cool it doesn't i'm jason bishop host of the invasion of the remake podcast with co-host sam stepanenko and trish coughlin join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not so favorite remakes we'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking complete with our own fantasy casting You can get all 130 episodes and counting on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Radio Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even frickin' YouTube, for the low, low price of absolutely nothing. Join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flix X-Ray podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and x-ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet.